We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cass. Good morning. The 17 members of Baltimore's Police Accountability Board were sworn in this month, selected by City Council members and Mayor Brandon Scott. Members are part of a citizen-led effort to review complaints against law enforcement officers. The Police Accountability Board is part of Baltimore's Office of Equity and Civil Rights, which is headed by Director Dana P. Moore. She also serves as Baltimore's Chief Equity Officer. Before these roles, Moore was Deputy and then Acting City Solicitor. Welcome to the show, Director Moore. Happy to be here. Also with us is Marielle Shutinia, Chief of the Police Accountability Division in the city's Office of Equity and Civil Rights. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Director Moore, how was the Police Accountability Board created? The Police Accountability Board was created by state statute um, and then with a referral to the Baltimore City Council. Uh, and the police accountability boards exist across the state of Maryland in every jurisdiction. Uh, Baltimore City is a little unique in that um, when the city council created our board, um, they created it in a way that allowed every city council member to appoint one member of the board. And that's why ours is a little large and it took a little bit longer to, to get through that process. And Marielle Shutinia, how does the board receive complaints? Yes, so we receive complaints in two ways. Um, they can be filed directly with the Police Accountability Board, so either online at our website, which is um, civilrights.baltimorecity.gov, or over the will, phone. We will link to that. Thank you. Um, or over the phone. Um, complaints can also be filed directly with the law enforcement agency, and they will be forwarded over to the Police Accountability Board within two weeks. So Do- either way, we'll get it. Does the board have the power to independently investigate? complaints? It does not. Um, We have a civilian review board that has independent investigatory power as well out of our office, but the Police Accountability Board for now only has the ability to review the complaints, accept them, and you look over them and do a larger data analysis and policy recommendations on the trends. Director Moore, what are the requirements to chair the Police Accountability Board? The chair of the Police Accountability Board in turn serves on the Administrative Charging Committee and the chair will be selected by the members of the the PAB. And although there aren't a lot of specifics about what is required, what's really important is that that be a person who is very much available. Uh, The ACC will be meeting at least once a week to uh, review, handle, process complaints. Uh, really needs to be a person uh, who is open-minded, who's not coming to that position with a preset agenda. I've um, often said that this is not a board that is um, a gotcha board that is intended to sort of get the police, but really to do the people's work of being fair and open-minded and deliberate in considering the complaints that are filed by the citizens of the city of Baltimore, by by Baltimoreans with real concerns. And so when you're in a position of having to investigate complaints and make decisions, you know, as the chair, you really need to be not prejudging complaints and and strictly open-minded, you know, without a preset agenda. So uh, although the members of the PAB will pick the chair, 
we are you know, very hopeful that they will uh, select a chair that meets those really, really important, you know, basic qualifications. Well, it raises the question in my mind, Director Moore, are these full-time paid positions or are they volunteer positions? The PAB is, is, is volunteer. There's going to be a small stipend for uh, each of the members of the PAB. The members of the ACC, you know, again, it's not a full-time position, but it's a lot of work. And so they will be compensated. And the model that we used in structuring the compensation pay for the members of the ACC is very, very similar to what uh, the city slash state does for the members of the Baltimore City Liquor Board. Um, they they receive um, you know a, a significant pay because of the demands of the work, which is every every week. You know, there's a meeting of the liquor board, and the same will be the the case for the, um, the for the ACC. Mariel Shatinia, tell me more about the administrative charging committee. What what does it do? Definitely. So the administrative charging committee is made up of the chair of the police accountability board two civilian members appointed by the Police Accountability Board and two civilian members appointed by the mayor. And this is the group that is going to review. Um, so when complaints are filed with the Police Accountability Board, they're then forwarded to internal affairs for the law enforcement agency to complete their internal investigation. When that's completed, the investigation is provided to the Administrative Charging Committee, the ACC. And those individuals will review the investigatory file will review any relevant body-worn camera footage and decide to either sustain the allegations against the officer or not sustain. And at that point, if the allegations are sustained, um, there would be charging documents and the officer would be um, disciplined. And the charging committee actually will make that disciplinary recommendation based off of a statewide disciplinary matrix. And that is then provided to the head of the law enforcement agency who can either enforce that discipline or go higher, but cannot deviate to a lower level of discipline. So the ACC are really the deciders at this point going forward. Um, because of the amount of complaints we'll be receiving in Baltimore City, we've received a little under 400 in the last seven months of having um, complaints being filed with our office that they'll be receiving approximately 700 complaints annually for the seven law enforcement agencies under their jurisdiction. So we expect them to have to meet weekly for almost a full day to watch all that footage, to really review every case as carefully as possible. Um, any complaint involving a member of the public goes through the system now. So we're, we're expecting a lot. And the Administrative Charging Committee is gonna have a lot of you know, really important work to look at these really well and review all the footage and everything they need in order to make those decisions. Director Moore, one of Mayor Scott's legislative priorities um, this session of the legislature is to phase out the city's civilian review board. Uh, the CRB also has the power to review complaints against officers. How does the power of the police accountability board differ? The CRB has subpoena power, uh, but they also have a very limited scope. Uh, there's only just a really discrete small number of areas in which they can investigate. In contrast, the PAB has no limit in what they, they can investigate in terms of police complaints uh, submitted by citizens. And that's really, really important. Um, it's been long thought that uh, as important and 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 uh, necessary as the Civilian Review Board is, their limited scope of investigation also limits um, their um, their impact here in Baltimore. 
we're uh, excited <laughs> that the PAB has a much, much broader scope. And um, that's really the main difference. This is On the Record on WIPR. I'm Sheila Cast speaking with Dana P. Moore, Director of Baltimore's Office of Equity and Civil Rights and the city's, city's Chief Equity Officer, and with Marielle Shutinia, Chief of the Police Accountability Division in the City's Office of Equity and Civil Rights. We're talking about Baltimore's new Police Accountability Board. Uh, Marielle Shutinia, I'm absorbing your uh, your point that as the police accountability board is getting started it's already got a backlog of 400 complaints yes uh, what are the most common types of complaints um, the most common types of complaints are neglect of duty discourtesy um, we have our annual report out that pulls all of them. It's important to remember that those complaints are received, but those cases are not sitting. Um, what happens is the complaint is received and then the internal affairs investigation has to occur and that can take anywhere from 90 days to about a year. So those cases, um, those complaints are ready to be reviewed. We've done intakes on all of them. We have them in a, a database to track um, but those complaints are being currently investigated by internal affairs. And when those are completed, they will be given to the administrative charging committee to make their decisions on. And the name of the board is Police Accountability. Who are the complaints against? So um, in Baltimore City, obviously, the Baltimore City Police Department is under this jurisdiction. But we also have the Baltimore City Sheriff's Office, the Baltimore City School Police, the Environmental Police, Morgan State University's Police Force, Baltimore City Community College's Police Force, as well as the Johns Hopkins Police Force when it's up and running. Director Moore, the context of all this, of course, is that the police department is operating under a federal consent decree and the city has experienced no fewer than 300 murders every year since 2014. How do you see the Police Accountability Board fitting into the puzzle of improving public safety in Baltimore? Public safety in Baltimore is like a quilt. It's um, many different pieces that come together to create the whole that we refer to as public safety. But it includes, uh, clearly, police accountability. It includes local control of the police department, which will happen. It includes uh, shifting uh, behavioral health calls away from BPD and to healthcare providers. It includes uh, the gun the reduction of gun violence program that that uh, Monsi is engaged in. But you know for us and for our office and really for the city as a whole, we need to go back to really what is it that causes people to engage in crime and acts of violence. Um, it's anger management, it's creating more job opportunities, it's pr pr improving our education system, it's it's taking care of uh, children and youth that are in you know, care programs. It's, it's multi-multi-layered, it's multifaceted. All of it works together. We need every, every um, uh, aspect to, to to be taken care of and paid attention to. It, it's not just one thing. It, it's it's all of this. Mariel Shutinia, do you have the resources and staffing that you need to support the Police Accountability Board's mission? 
Yeah, so we're very excited about this. Um, just last week, we had 17 positions approved by the Board of Estimates to support the Police Accountability Board and the Administrative Charging Committee. The Board of Estimates also approved our first year budget at a little under 2.4 million to support this. So that includes the stipends for the members, all of those staffing costs, um, costs for a, a state-of-the-art case management system, training for our members and for our staff, and all of those other things we need, like equipment and all the startup. Um, we're really excited about this. Civilian oversight is so important and it needs to be resourced properly. And we're really gonna have the opportunity to do this right and support these boards with this type of funding and staffing. So you mentioned training. Um, it sounds like there's a lot to do before the board can actually get to work. Yes. So there are no training requirements for the Police Accountability Board itself, but we're looking for resources for them, any trainings that they need that will coordinate. Um, the Administrative Charging Committee itself is required to do a 40-hour training um, that is set up in the, the law that they're required to do. So before they can start hearing cases, they're going to have a week-long training to get really prepared learn all of the policies and the the statewide disciplinary matrix they need but it's an ongoing ongoing process making sure we're trained up to the minute and getting all of the most relevant information there's a lot of movement nationally and locally on civilian oversight and this work and so we don't ever want to be behind on it so training is incredibly important to keep everyone you know up to date and make this as productive as possible will the board's meetings be open to the public Yes, um, both the Police Accountability Board and the Administrative Charging Committee meetings are open to the public under the Open Meetings Act. Um, and you can always check our website and we'll have the, the meetings posted at least seven days in advance so everyone knows and can attend if they'd like. Is, is the city behind other jurisdictions, Mariel, um, other jurisdictions in the state in setting a Police Accountability Board up? It has taken a bit longer for us. Um, part of that is because there are 17 members and to get them appointed by all these, the, you know, 15 different appointing bodies. Um, I think it's going to be absolutely wonderful, but it did take a little bit of time. Um, but we are up and running now. We had our first meeting um, on February 1st and the board is ready to hit the ground running. So, you know, we're, we're moving as fast as we can at this point and it's looking great. Director Moore, before I let you go, in November... Baltimore voters overwhelmingly approved local control of the Baltimore Police Department. City police has been under state control since before the Civil War. Where does that transition stand? So we are, um, first of all, excited, <laughs> pleased that 82%, 82% of Baltimoreans uh, voted uh, in support of Question H, which gives us um, establishes the Baltimore City Police Department as an agency, a, a charter agency um, in, in for, for the city of Baltimore. Uh, we are resuming our meetings to talk about uh, recommendations that we will make to Mayor Scott for probably three different ideas for local control, what that could look like. Uh, we'll be meeting uh, Wednesday, uh, six o'clock in the evening to start talking about that, what it looks like. Um, and we're, we're moving forward. We did submit a report in early January of uh, all that we had accomplished during the first year, and uh, we'll be submitting another report with our with our final recommendations. So, we're also talking about resuming uh, public outreach. Um, you know, it's important that the public know what the recommendations are that we're we're going to convey to the mayor. 
And then there's still one more legislative step which needs to be accomplished. And my understanding is that that might happen this this legislative session. It might need to wait until next legislative session. But I know that there's a lot of energy to have that happen this legislative session. So we, um, you know, have been very careful to not try to control the legislative process to do what is within our our portfolio, what we're mandated to do. But we'll be interested to see uh, how that legislative process guides us, if at all. How is local control an issue of equity? Here's here's how I've always framed it. Uh, Baltimore is the only jurisdiction in the state of Maryland that does not have control of its own police department. The, the corollary to that is that we are the only jurisdiction in the state of Maryland where if we want to do certain things, we have to get uh, support from Carroll County. We need to get support from Frederick County, Harford County, Howard County, um, they all get an opportunity to weigh in and comment and opine on what happens in Baltimore City. And of course, Baltimore City has no opportunity to do the same for those counties, counties nor do we want to. So that, that frames the equity issue right there. Um, it is not acceptable for Baltimore to not be able to determine its own destiny. We're the only jurisdiction that can't we we absolutely need to be able to do that. So that that's the real imperative for, for local control. We shouldn't have to go to Annapolis to ask for permission from other counties to make um, decisions about how our police department is, is, is managed and how it's operated. And um, it's been long enough <laughs> that we've had to do that. I hope we can keep in touch with you as that transition unfolds. Thanks for talking to us about it. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Dana P. Moore is Baltimore's Chief Equity Officer and Director of Baltimore's Office of Equity and Civil Rights. Marielle Shatinia is Chief of the Police Accountability Division in the Office of Equity and Civil Rights. At the On the Record page at WYPR.org, we have links to more information about the Police Accountability Board, including its 2022 annual report. The Board's next meeting will take place in two weeks, 6 p.m. Monday, February 27th, at 7 East Redwood Street in Baltimore. An option to participate virtually will also be available. Short break on the record. When we're back, thoughts from a member of Baltimore's Police Accountability Board about rebuilding trust between residents and police. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. What happens when you accuse a police officer of misconduct? Who is studying trends and complaints against law enforcement? Jamal Turner is a member of Baltimore City's inaugural Police Accountability Board, established as part of statewide police reform legislation. Turner also co-chairs the Frankfurt Community Association in Northeast Baltimore and co-chairs the group Baltimoreans for Educational Equity, Welcome to the show, Jamal. Thank you, Sheila, for having me. Uh, I appreciate this opportunity. How did you become part of the board? After 
doing a, a, a number of different things within the community, uh, I was asked by uh, my councilwoman, Danielle McCray, to sit on the board. Why were you interested in working on police accountability? Uh, so for me, um, it's it's been a, actually something in the works for a while. Um, you know, firstly, you know, after the Freddie Gray situation in Baltimore, I was very active in uh, the peaceful protest um, and also really digging into the reasons behind uh, why he was, uh, he, you know, why Freddie Gray had to encounter the situation that that happened. And uh, I wanted to ensure that I did my part as a community member um, and as an advocate for for justice. You know, just wanted to do what I can uh, to really address that. It's been quite a journey in the sense that, you know, I've seen and recognized that there are victims and complainants that for years prior to the PAB, uh, in my opinion, may not have properly had their, their voices heard. Uh, but this is a, a awesome opportunity to uh, try and rectify that. Um, and on the flip side as well, uh, and just in fairness also, you know, there are police officers that, you know, may have maybe accused of certain things, but may also be have the opportunity to be exonerated. So um, this entire process should result in uh, policing that enables folks to be able to voice their concerns uh, while also helping to keep in check uh, officers that, you know, in the past, you know, may have had some difficulties with that. So I'm excited and I appreciate this uh, opportunity to sit on the board. As I understand it, you were on the streets during the Freddie Gray protest. That's been almost eight years. Is the call for reform as strong as it was in 2015? I would say yes. And unfortunately, if we take a, a scan of uh, the country and of the events that are still happening as it relates to different police conduct. It's important that we hold accountable uh, the officers in our own jurisdiction um, that are not following through with um, doing what they should be doing for the uh, residents and for the citizens, but also um, just to ensure that each and every complaint gets his just uh, evaluation and uh, so just being as fair as possible with the process for both sides, the residents and also uh, for the officers, because, you know, policing is, is still very important um, and is a, a crucial uh, part of why our society is able to work um, safely um, together. It's Jamal Turner, one of the newly sworn in members of Baltimore's Police Accountability Board on the record and WYPR, Sheila Cast. Turner was nominated to the board by District 2 Councilwoman Danielle McCray. You have looked at other police accountability or oversight boards across the country. What what do you make of the structure of Baltimore's board? So one of the most unique features that I see with Baltimore's board, um, and if I compare it to, let's say, in Minneapolis, um, where you know, the board is, uh, the oversight board was created, but um, the council isn't as cooperative as uh, they could be to ensure that their oversight has some teeth behind it. Um, here in Baltimore, um, having the city council be involved in this process, uh, very supportive of this process, 
And in a lot of cases, um, when I've you know spoken to certain uh, council persons, they want to ensure that uh, we are ready to uh, reinforce um, all of what the objectives are for the PAB. And so having that collaborative environment, um, having a mayor that also supports the PAB, uh, and having uh, actions that, as I said, actually have some teeth behind it. And um, before I even go any further, I also want to you know, give a special shout out and appreciation to the CRB. Civilian Review Board. Um, because they were the uh, forefathers for what we are, uh, what we're creating. And so we have an opportunity here to learn from the uh, other mistakes or, or the things that are going right in different parts of the country and uh, to create our own uh, unique experience here. And uh, there are awesome members that are my, my co-board members that have been drafted from the city to uh, this cause. And I am just excited for things to get started. Jamal, thank you. Thank you for having me. Jamal Turner is a member of Baltimore's newly sworn-in Police Accountability Board. He lives in Frankfurt in Northeast Baltimore. At the On the Record page at WYPR.org, we have links to more information about the city's Police Accountability Board. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Come back tomorrow. Thank you.